are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Lara, and I'm joined with John Ackerman this week, uh, Man, I am so sad I missed last week's episode. Uh, just getting able to hop in there. I don't know what is what it was about that question, but it really got me thinking, right? And so it got me thinking about some of the questions that I ask my sons in order to engage in conversation so that they can find out more about themselves, right? And so every night at dinner, we sit around the table and we do highs and lows. Hey, what was the highlight of your day? What was the low point in your day? And all of this is just to kind of just get the conversation rolling, right? Just to get my kids talking and, and so that I can find out more about them. Well, one of the questions mm-hmm. that um, I started asking at the beginning of the school year is, tell me one thing you learned today. What did you learn in school today? Because I know you're not going to school all day and not coming up with one with one thing. And I'll tell you what, this week it backfired on me, John, because Kellen came <laughs> back to me and said, hey, dad, what did you learn today? And I stopped for a second and had to really kind of reach way deep into that bag of answers and come up with something and find out like, hey, what am I learning, right? And I think that's something that we tend to, I don't want to say forget about, or we, we tend to push into the corner because, you know, we're, we're older men. We know most things now, right? I mean, we have it all figured out. And learning to me was one of those things I pushed off to school, right? That was school age stuff. Um mm-hmm. But let's be real. We we are still developing. We're still growing into our into our our true selves and what we're called into. So, I thought that was such a great question, and I wanted to see what you would ask or what you would answer if my seven year old had asked you, John, what are you learning today? I love how smart your kids are. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times that they come up with stuff that stops you, me, whoever just cold. You know what kids I just really like. kids just have this thing about being being truthful, right? And just being like yeah. call it as it is. Let's throw it out there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I we were talking about this just off air a couple minutes ago that I was sitting on a Zoom call and I continue to be amazed at how many stories now start that way. Um, <laughs> but I was sitting on a Zoom call a couple months back and um, one of the guys that we've had on the show before, Nate Allen, that we did the series on leadership with back in season two, you know, he was talking to a group of younger guys about how in, in your 20s, it's it's really good to be just collecting experiences across as broad a selection of categories as you possibly can. And that as you progress into your 30s and 40s and 50s, you know, it's it's, it's very valuable from a career standpoint, from a career development standpoint, to be cultivating expert knowledge. Mm. And so you always want to have an eye towards that. And it, it's, it's making me laugh now as we're having this conversation because I feel like half of me is still definitely cultivating my craft as a teacher. Mm. But half of me, it feels like I'm regressing because I'm having all of these like beginner experiences all over the place. Mm. Um, so if Kellen would have asked me that question, honestly, the first thing that I would have told him is goats. <laughs> okay. Goats. I, huh? I, I am learning goats and I don't know the first thing about goats. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know a thing 
about how to take care of goats. You, you know, it's funny. But, you say goats, and the first thing that comes to mind is 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 like Tom Brady, the Michael Jordan. So when you when you're talking about like farm animal goats, right? Like legit, nay goats, right? Yeah, I mean, they haven't put Tom Brady out to pasture yet, but when they do, they can put him in my pasture and I'll take care of him. But yeah, like legit four hoofed, no horns on these guys, but like goats, like will eat anything you put in front of them, goats. And and we decided when we got this place that, that we wanted like, you know, a hobby farm. And so we got chickens last year and I didn't know a thing about chickens. And I know more things now than I did before, but that was only because before I knew zero things about chickens. And now this year, I feel like I'm, I'm right back in that same boat because my knowledge about chickens apparently was not transferable to goats. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm back at square one again with like, you know, what's good for them and what's not and how, how much do they need and how much do they not and how self-sufficient are they and how much do we need to, you know, sort of baby them. And it's just, I... I'm ama- I hate feeling like I don't know what to do, mm. and I feel like roughly half of my life is a perpetual state of I don't know what to do. Mm. Let's figure it out. So is, that would have been my first answer if Kellen would have asked me. That's, I mean, that's a fun answer, and I'm sure he would have had follow-up questions about, about goat life and, and what it means to take care of a goat. I've realized something when, when we start talking about new topics or when we start – diving deeper into different subjects, there's always that insider jargon that comes with it, right? Is there any insider goat jargon? Is there any any kind of like things that I just don't know about? Because I, I, the only thing I know about goats is that uh, is that they use them on the side of the highway now to clean off uh, some of the grass out in, out in Western Loudoun. So I don't know if there's any other cool- Unless they get out and go running through downtown Leesburg. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, if there is insider language, I don't know it yet because I've not progressed that far. Oh man, we got to get a. I feel like we got to go find a uh, goat jargon uh, dictionary or something. I don't know if that's out. Honestly, there. I probably need to get like you know goats for dummies because <laughs> those books are really helpful. I had a couple of those for other topics, and it made me feel like less of a dummy. Oh man! And, so little- we had a couple of friends that came out and they sort of showed us the ropes as you know as far as what our specific goats needed. But I feel like I'm so insulated from the goat community, which I'm sure there has to be a goat community. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. On um, Facebook. I need some goat friends. <laughs> so a little confession. I, I did have a Bible for dummies. That was one of the, one of the nice. dummy books I purchased. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thing. Those books are helpful. Oh, yeah. I swear I, by I that. mean, I think I think it does. I think it's one of those ones where uh, it does break it down to, to basic concepts. And, I, you know, talking offline beforehand, that was one of the things that we kind of talked about, right, is is getting to know something. Oh, yeah, your new book. Yeah. yeah then getting to know something compared to actually knowing about something, right? And so uh, mm-hmm. I had actually bought a book um, for myself. It was called uh, Things Explainer, and it's basically – Big concepts broken down, and 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 actually, I think the the claim of the book is the ten thousand most common words in the English dictionary. Right, they don't use anything else besides mm-hmm. that. So, very simple. Um, this is how things work, kind of kind of idea. And um, and Kellen stole that from me. He's uh, he's in the middle of learning how uh, <laughs> nuclear power plants work or something like that. So, um, nice. so the answer I actually did give Kellen when he asked me about that, and I don't know if this was a cop-out or this was cheating because I actually go to lessons and, and, and a class for this, but I'm actually learning uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, yeah. that has been um, an adventure. That has been something that I feel like, going back to this jargon concept, is is one of those places that has a ton of 
vocabulary. Like it's a large vocabulary yeah. of moves, of positions, of just different different um, places to be on the mat. Like I remember one of the things they're like, all right, we're going to – you got to get a good base and we're going to move in and we're going to you know go in a half guard and grab somebody by their gi and set in your hooks. And then you're going to mount and we're going to roll. And I'm like, what? Are they <laughs> talking <we> <laughs> about like I am nowhere near this level of mount roll hooks? Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. So it took some time. It took a couple weeks until I started getting comfortable. But that that terminology, I think, is one of the first steps that that I actually that helped me actually progress into my knowledge on on jujitsu. And it has been a roller coaster of a ride. I can tell you right now, like I have not been challenged like this in quite some time. And the thing I love about jujitsu, and maybe maybe it is because I'm older now compared to when I wrestled in high school, but it's a little bit slower. Um, you know, I, I joked and called it chess because it's very very like specific moves, very specific movements. People counter in certain ways, and it's just been one of those things mm. that I've really enjoyed. I thought mostly because of the physical challenge of it. I thought it was something that I'm like, hey man, I'm going to lose a couple extra pounds. I'm going to get in shape. It's going to be awesome. But there has been something that is just, for lack of a better term, beautiful in figuring out the way my body can move in certain positions or the way I can defend myself in certain ways. Um, and then not only that, but also being caught a couple times in the same move and just being like, okay, mental note, don't put your hand there. Don't put yeah. your foot there. And um, I really enjoyed it, John. I mean, I, I don't know. I have not felt something that has challenged me both in, in the mental aspect and trying to learn, actually learn something, but also it being physically challenging, right? It's not like just sitting there and taking yeah. notes. It's, it's, it's constant movement. It's, it's trial by fire. And I am just, I'm just loving it. I mean, it is, it has been one of the best learning or one of the best things I've learned in, in quite some time. So, and I know physical, I don't know if, if, if I always just resort to physical, if that's just my thing, but I think, uh, uh, if I, if I could give anybody a recommendation is, is go out there, get one of those free classes, check it out, roll around. And, uh, that's, that's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu vocabulary right there. Roll around, um, and get out there on the mats and, and just take a, <laughs> uh, take the opportunity to learn, man. It's, it's, it's been great. It's been fun. I'm, I've really enjoyed it. Well, and I think one of the things that we're after in this conversation is, you know, we, we were talking, you know, we're, Tom is blazing the trail for us. He's already hit 40. We're, we're giving him some time to, to, to get, you know, create some distance before we cross that threshold. But, you know, it feels like, and I know for me, for, for most of my thirties, it felt like what I was really trying to do was really cultivate my area of expertise and avoid the places where I didn't feel comfortable. Mm. Right. And just, yeah. you know, me personally, I hate not knowing things. Yeah. I hate not knowing how to do things like that. It's just a horrible feeling. Mm. And, and I know that a lot of people feel that same way. And so we avoid places of discomfort. We avoid places of not knowing. We avoid places of feeling like I'm going to make a fool of myself. Yeah. And we stick to the things that we know and we're good at. That's why I don't go roller skating. Right. Cause <laughs> it feels like that, that ship has sailed. Yeah. And, and yet there's something I think really cool that, we've discovered just as part of doing a podcast that we didn't know how to do of the beauty that comes from, yes, continue to cultivate areas of expertise, you know, like our friend Nate was saying, but 
there's some really beautiful things that come when we push into these areas of complete unknown or the frontier or what, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, like you said, you were a wrestler in high school, but jujitsu was a complete unknown. And so while you've rolled around on mats before in slightly different attire, like that, this still makes you have that feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't right, know the language. Yeah. I don't know the, you know, and, and I, I th- for someone who always tried to have, you know, this is me always tried to have the right answer know what to do, know what to say, know where to go. I'm really starting to like this other half of my life mm. where I'm just, I'm constantly learning and I'm discovering that I'm, I'm, I'm more capable than I thought in areas where I had no familiarity. And it's, it's actually kind of fun to not always know what to do. Mm. It wasn't nearly as terrifying as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned about not wanting to feel dumb or wanting to have all the answers. And, you know, I think, I think for me, as I reach to that 40 age and I, and I think about where my dad was at this time, I, I thought he had a lot of this stuff already figured out. And I, I never really saw him trying new things like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was basically always going to the well with what he knew. And, and he just seemed to have a, a wealth of knowledge. And, and for a while there, even as I started, you know, to become a new dad and, and, you know, starting to try different different things. I, I asked myself numerous times, like, when am I going to have this all figured out? When am I going to have the answers yeah. for this kind of stuff? And, and I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's something we've just become more comfortable, or maybe I've just found like-minded men that, that are more open to being that vulnerable or more open to trying new things. But I think even, even within the men that we hang out with and the group of guys that we, that we know, trying to learn something new and not being afraid to make a fool of yourself has been, it's, it's a lot more commonplace than, than I think yeah. I, I would have thought in my twenties, seeing guys in their, in their late thirties, early forties, taking risk in something new. It was funny. Cause I would, I would see movies or read books about guys who, who, you know, would quit their job and then just go out and, you know, hike a mountain or go do these, go do these things off, off a whim. But it, it seemed like those were the, the the rare ones those were the 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 small percentage of men that were doing that and i just i don't know maybe maybe it's that whole success surrounds itself by success story but i just feel like we are surrounded by a lot of men that are not afraid to to learn something new and it makes it easier for myself to to learn something new right i mean we've talked before and and even just you expressing your the stuff you've learned on the farm it's just you telling me that makes me think like, wow, you know, I can, I can go out and learn something new today too. Right. Like I, I don't have to yeah. just have it all figured out right now. I don't need to be that expert and that's, that's it. Right. And yeah. so as you say, continuing on, like, I, I, I really do feel that way. I, I really feel like, yeah, I'm getting better at my occupation and I'm, I'm narrowing in that focus. But when it comes to just general life and just wanting to have experiences, learning something new is fun. It's, it's, it's become yeah. more of a, of an adventure that I, than I actually originally uh, thought it was. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And again, it kind of surprises me that I feel that way because I, I also really don't like not being good at something. Oh yeah. That's hard. Right. For years, I tried to learn to play the guitar going all the way back to when I was 16. That was when I first picked it up. But for me, the challenge was I'd already been singing for six years prior to that. And so I'd already developed like, you know, a level of, of comfort and sophistication and, and ability. And at that point in my life, the idea of starting over and sucking at something mm. 
just really sucking. It's just, it was, it was too hard to stay in that space of I'm not good at this. And I'd rather just go back and do the thing that I'm good at. And I still have that guitar. It's about 12 feet from where I'm (laughs) sitting right now. It's the exact same guitar that I've had since I was 16. It followed me to college. It's followed me to Virginia. It's, it's been in every house I've ever lived in. And I still look at it and I still feel like I'd really love to learn to play that thing one day. And every once in a while I'll take it out and I'll tune it up. And I still remember a couple of songs or at least a couple of riffs from a couple of songs and I'll play and my fingers hurt after like five minutes. Cause there's no calluses there. Yeah. And, and there's a little piece of me that's like, Oh, this would be so awesome if I could play. And then there's part of me that's hearing what I'm playing. And I'm like, this is terrible. Mm. This is like Charles Barkley terrible. <laughs> it's just it's bad. And there's that other piece of me that's like, I don't want to sit in a place of suck intentionally but then lo and behold i'm i'm like you said i'm living out here on this farm in this old house that's in desperate need of something way more than tender loving care and i'm engaging in things that i'm not good at like a buddy of mine came out and did the taping and the mudding in the next part of the house that we're working on because i'm not good at that and that is an art form but there was this one little section that either he didn't do or he didn't realize that I wanted him to do. And so now I'm doing it. And it's just, it's it's a doorway, right? It, just three sides of an arch. And I'm, I'm doing the corner bead mm. and the taping and the mudding. And so I go back to the tried and true method of, I watch YouTube videos and I ask my friend, hey, can you from a distance give me some pointers? And I'm just going to figure this thing out. And I did my first coat of mud and it didn't look great, but it didn't look as bad as I was afraid it was going to look. And there was something in me yet again for the, I don't know, 27th time of doing something new out here that went, this really isn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. There's, I mean, even as you, as you said, some of the jargon of, uh, of doing mudding, I just thought to myself, like, this is that's a, that's a great opportunity for you, for you to learn, right? I mean, li- there's not a lot of risk as far as like yeah. it's not like Brooks going to come in there and point and laugh at your at your work, right? I mean, it's 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 an opportunity where you could start over and do yeah. it again and do it again, but it, it is hard, right? And I think you mentioned it when you were talking about learning the guitar and the and the pain, right? And I think that's that's where I get my fear at is the yeah. pain in learning something new and the struggle of of doing that like if you had to have had mudded the entire room of say somebody else's house right that's a lot oh, more man. that's a lot more stress that's a lot more uh a yeah. pain and 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 risk of embarrassment and so you know i think i think oftentimes we we don't take advantage of those low risk opportunities to learn something. And, and it's, it's important for us to, to take that and, 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 and try it. Why not? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't know how many times I turned down singing at a karaoke bar because I just didn't want to be embarrassed. Right. And, and, and it's one of those things where it's, it's, you miss out on a lot of fun, right? You miss out on on some opportunities and it's, 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 um, it's not fun. You know, you want to, you want to be, you want to be part of the team, right? You don't want to be bad at stuff, but you got to give yourself yeah. a shot. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm amazed at how much the fear of failure and the fear of failure publicly. Mm, yeah. 
has held me back from things. For sure. Um, and has encouraged me to outsource things that I probably didn't need to outsource. And I'm not saying, you know, never, never contract anything out, never outsource anything, right? This isn't one of those podcast topics. But the number of times where the good that it's done me to learn something that I wasn't good at significantly outweighed the benefit of having somebody else do it quickly and efficiently and in a way that actually brought no tangible change into my life whatsoever other than having that particular process taken care of for me. So like when, you know, my, my father-in-law introduced me to hunting, right. And, and the times that, that he let me then, you know, process the animal after we had harvested it. And like, I screwed it up a bunch of times Mm. (laughs) and, you know, we, we wasted, we wasted some of the meat and, you know, I, I did things wrong and, and it was okay because in those situations, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world. Mm. Like you were talking about with this, you know, mudding this archway in my house. Like if, if I mess it up, we can fix it. And even if I can't do it at the end of the day, I can call my buddy back over or hire someone and say, Hey, I messed this up. Can I pay you a little bit and have you fix it? So I don't stare at this for the rest of my life going, man, that was right. But like, and so not saying that you do this in every category of life, like become your own heart surgeon, you know, what's the worst (laughs) that happens, right? Like that you can take anything to too far and that's too far, right? If you know nothing about cars, maybe don't try to, you know, fix your transmission, but like I've, I learned how to take care of the tractor that I now own. Mm. Right. I, and I just, I read the manual and I'm not a car guy. I've, I've changed my own oil and that's about the extent of it. And so I've now gone farther with tractor maintenance than I ever did with car or motorcycle maintenance. And some of it was, I just, I can't afford to outsource everything. I'm going to have to learn some of this. Right. And I'm not going to go further than I feel comfortable, but I found that I'm more comfortable and more capable with more things than, than I was expecting. Yeah. You know, I think as we continue on to talk about the things that we're learning and as we talk about, you know, things we want to learn, I think it's also important to have a better understanding or maybe even ask ourselves the question is, and then what, right? You learn something new, you pick something up and then what? I think to myself how valuable that knowledge is, not to share or not to keep in my mind and not to store up there for, you know, some other time where I may need to use it, but to share that knowledge, right? To be Mm -hmm. the guy who can be able to say, you know, hey, are you having trouble with this move? Are you having trouble with this mudding project? You know, let me help you out, right? Because in my mind, I'm already telling myself right now, John, I have an unfinished part of the basement that I'm going to need help framing and I'm going to need help. I'm super busy right now. (laughs) (laughs) But no, there, but there is times where I think we, we learn something new, we hold it to ourselves, but there is something very valuable in that sharing of knowledge, not even, not even going as far as to say with like the next generation or, or my sons, but also just peer knowledge, right? Just being able to go next door and and help a neighbor out, just being able to call a buddy up and say, Hey man, I, I need help. There's, there's certain guys in our lives that we can, we know they have the answer for everything, right? We can call that one person up and they know everything. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I, 
I want to learn some things and I want to be able to be that, that aid to somebody else, right? I want to be able to say, Hey, Hey, Mike, my phone line in my house isn't working right now. You used to do that in the army. Why don't you come uh-huh. on over and help me with my phone line? Because that knowledge is key, not only for our self-development, but also for growing our communities and, uh, and sharing that. So I think that's, that's something we, we need to ask ourselves as well. Like, how are you sharing these knowledge or how are you sharing this knowledge? Like, what are you doing? What are the next steps with the stuff that you've gained? Right. Yeah. And thanks for coming to my house to fix my phone line when I asked you to. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. I felt I felt awesome doing it. But no, I mean, like just like you said, it's you know, one of our friends was having to fix up their house before they sold it and moved to a new place. And so because I had done work in my old house with, you know, putting in flooring. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing super technical. It's like snap together laminate flooring. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd done it. And mm-hmm. I'd gained some degree of fluency far below the level of a professional installer, yeah. but it was enough for him to then go, Hey, could you come help me with this? Because I'm even a step behind where you are. Yeah. And to have just that little bit more to offer of, I, I, I don't know a ton, mm-hmm. but I know enough to help us not totally screw this up. And it, and it was fun. And it was fun to, for both of us to have the chance to grow in our capacity yeah. and to then watch him in turn now feel a sense of accomplishment and mm-hmm. and more importantly capability of right. because I now realize I can do this now when this you know like you with wrestling to you with jujitsu mm-hmm. right I have to imagine the first time you walked into jujitsu there was both a sense of holy crap I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah and I've rolled around on a mat before I have some like I'm not going to totally embarrass myself right and if right. nothing else, I'm going to f- maybe do the wrong thing, but I'm going to flip somebody over and pin them. And, you yeah, know, yeah. I may get called out for doing that, but, you know, <laughs> worse comes to worse. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if I, I feel like for so much of my life, I had it wrong. Hmm. That it was don't do things that you don't know how to do because you're either going to fail or you're going to fail publicly. Right. And just stick with what you're good at, you know, singing versus the guitar and just keep growing in your area of skill and gifting. And, you know, leave the other stuff for other people, right? That, that's what capitalism is founded on, right? Division of labor and specialization. And I think I'm, well, not think, I know I miss something that I'm now discovering. And I, I still, I still very much need the specialists in my life that know things that I don't know. Yeah. But I'm discovering a capability and a capacity to grow in areas that used to terrify me that I'm now discovering aren't nearly as terrifying or don't have nearly the ramifications of failure that I thought they did. And even though the risk of failure still carries some weight, like, you know, I listen to you guys talk about parenting and I know that's got to feel like one of the ultimate places of, I don't know what I'm doing and the risk of failure feels pretty high. And that I hear you guys tell the stories of fatherhood and, and raising your kids and, you know, engaging these moments of, wait, they just said what? (laughs) They just asked about, huh? Yeah. I have to do, you say again? And, and watching you all navigate that in what feels like, you know, high risk situations, but seeing the, the growing capacity and capability that comes in those areas of, of risking in the unknown and discovering that we're capable of more than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that's a hard part too, is also looking at knowledge as, as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to find yourself in those, those scenarios where you 
find out more about yourself. But that also gets me thinking about how often knowledge is something that's kind of thrust upon us, right? Like, hey, I needed to be learn how to be a dad because I, I had a kid, right? Um, you needed yeah. to mud your archway because it wasn't done. When was right. the last time you learned something or when was the last time you approached it from a, hey, I want to go learn how to do this? Not because you needed to, right? Not because it, it mm-hmm. was a requirement. Sometimes I think about the guitar, right? That was one of the, you just talked about, like, I wanted to pick up my bass or my guitar, not for any other reason, but just because I wanted to learn something new. And I, and I wonder if there is a weight or a difference in approaching that type of knowledge from a necessity to a, I don't know, fun, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I I joked, but even way back when I went to, uh, I wasn't visiting Salt Lake city and I saw people throwing around a, a frisbee on a golf course. I didn't know what the heck they were doing, but it looked like <laughs> it looked like it was fun. Came up, talked to the guys, and they said they were playing a, a crazy game called disc golf. And I went out to uh, play it against sports. Picked up, you know, a five for five deal on a bunch of frisbees. Went out to the uh, to the course and just started chucking frisbees all over. I lost them all. I, I lost all five of them that day. <laughs> but I remember seeing a guy throw a. He, he threw like a sidearm forward kind of swing. And I was like, that's not how you throw a Frisbee. I, I played at the beach plenty of times. That's not the way you're supposed to throw it. Yeah. But I did it. I gave it a shot and it was the best throw I had of the day. Right. Now that Frisbee throwing is not going to help me in anything in life besides throwing a Frisbee, throwing a disc. But that was fun. That was, yeah. that was learning something Maybe it call it silly. Maybe it call it like no gain necessary. But I think there is there is something valuable in learning things just to gain the maybe just the process of learning something. Maybe it's the mm-hmm. experience. Maybe it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable. But I think those low risk scenarios of just learning something just to have fun um, are are sometimes just as valuable as as the ones out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah, the first one that came to mind as you were talking about that was, and it was a few years back, but it was when I decided with my wife's encouragement to go get my motorcycle license. Oh, yeah. Right. There there was no necessity involved <laughs> there at all, uh, but she'd actually been riding for a year or two before, and I'd always wanted to, and there was always a little bit of that fear of failure of mm-hmm. I'm going to do it wrong, and in this case, doing it wrong means I yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. There were just there was something that seemed so like it like it would be so much fun and and so going and learning how to do something like that that I had no because I wasn't like I didn't grow up riding dirt bikes or anything like that. So like getting on something with two wheels that didn't have you know me pedaling was completely foreign territory. And yeah, learning how to ride and then actually going and riding and riding and you know different surround like it was just man that was. It, it was pure joy. It was all fun. There was so little, you know, purpose to it, but it was just, that was a blast. Yeah. Fun learning. I think that's, I don't think I ever would have thought I'd use those two uh, words yeah. together in a sentence. So. Cause like who has time for that? Who yeah. has time for fun learning? Who wants, to, who wants to learn something for fun? It's like, it's like, what am I going to yeah. read a book? What? Well, come on now. Right. Yeah. Or run for fun. Yeah. Who, who does that? that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was thinking too, as, as we're talking about this idea of 
you know, where are we stretching ourselves and where are we learning in places where we don't necessarily have to, or, you know, learning in a place of not necessarily specialization or not necessarily in a place that's, that's profitable or that's going to, you know, result in forward movement or upward movement in business. But, um, you know, recently we've been having some conversations within our circle of friends about even what this looks like spiritually. Like, what would it look like to push the envelope into places that we don't know and we're not comfortable? Because it feels like just like in, you know, areas of comfort in our personal life and areas of comfort in our professional life, that oftentimes spiritually there's a desire to stay in areas of comfort too. You know, this is what I know. This is what I know that I believe. And these are the people that I know think and believe the same as me. And, 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 and comfort's good. I like comfort. It's why I like the overstuffed chair that's just behind me. It, like it, comfort's not a bad thing. But comfort's also really good to have balanced on the other side with discomfort. And we've been talking lately about what it might look like to make ourselves uncomfortable spiritually. And each one of us kind of took up the charge to figure out what it might look like to push into an area of discomfort in our relationship with God. And, and we're just on the front edge of that. Uh, you know, we just had those conversations a few weeks back. And so I think all of us are still in that sort of finding out period of where are the places that are uncomfortable and where are the places that are uncomfortable that I'm actually willing to go right now. Um, and then needing to take some time there before there's really anything to report back on. But I think even just the recognition that that's an area of learning where it's as important, if not more so, to intentionally cultivate space in areas of not knowing and discomfort right? and to see what comes from it. Yeah, Zach um, used to tell me during our, our training for the for the Ultra on the 100, it's, it's valuable to get comfortable and being uncomfortable. And... Mm-hmm. It was easy to approach that from a physical, you know, position as as silly as that sounds running, you know, 80, hundred miles and saying, you know, it's uncomfortable and being okay with it. But there is, it was almost like that was easier for me to comprehend or for me to take on as a challenge than it was for someone to say, Hey Mike, get uncomfortable spiritually, because mm-hmm. I felt like from the very beginning of this conversation, I'm comfortable in knowing what I know. I'm comfortable in explaining the small portions of my faith that I need to explain to people. Um, and that's about it, my extent of it. And so when we begin these, when we began this conversation about pushing into frontier, pushing in ourselves spiritually in places that, you know, we, we were not so comfortable in. It really was a challenge for me. It was really a challenge for me not only mm-hmm. to assess where I'm at spiritually today and have that kind of moment of, you know, going back to last week's podcast and where you worn out. It was one of those questions of, you know, where, where, where am I going to the well too many times? Where am I going to my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Right. Um, just steal a sports analogy, you know, make your, make your yeah. weaknesses your strength. And it was, it was, it was something that I thought was going to be a lot easier for me to, take on something I thought was going to be one of those like, okay, cool. This is where I'm weak at. Let's make myself stronger. But there is, there is a, once you actually start going down that path of recognizing weakness and recognizing, and, and, and 
maybe it's inexperience, not so much weakness, but areas where you, you want to gain growth, you first have mm-hmm. to understand where you don't have that growth. And it takes a little bit of a self-assessment to kind of say, hey, I want to dive deeper into these areas. Yeah. For me personally, one of the one of the first areas for me was worship. Um, I know it sounds like, you know, picking up the guitar or many of our friends just like to, you know, worship at any moment they can. But for me, that was something that was, uh, I guess I, I, and maybe because I can't sing. <laughs> so I'm always the guy in the, uh, in the back trying to hit those low notes and just uh, mostly humming the song. But um, we've taken on the challenge of doing family worship night. We, we get together and, and we sing very low music so that we can't hide. And all my kids <laughs> are approaching it, but it was, it was one small area. The first step I think I'm taking into this, into this area of frontier for me is vulnerability of, of, of feeling that embarrassment or vulnerability of feeling that I don't know things in front of my wife, in front of my kids. And so while yeah. I started with worship, I know those feelings that I had because of how I felt for not being able to worship in those ways is really where I'm diving deeper is really what's taking me to that next step. So I think this question that we sat down and and discussed about what are we learning today really can be valuable in, you know, what do you want to know tomorrow? Right. Right. And it's funny. And so we've made this sort of final turn in this conversation. It's reminded me of a conversation that we had back in season three as we had sort of revisited the idea of challenge because we talked about physical challenge, mental challenge, spiritual challenge, relational challenge, all that. And we'd come back to it midway through season three and talked about the difference between challenge and discomfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that challenge feels like, you know, it's an extension of something I already know how to do and I'm going to push myself, you know, next level up. Right. So I've, I run five miles. I'm going to push myself to run 10. I've run 10. I'm going to run a half marathon. I've run a half marathon. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon. Most people stop running at that point, <laughs> but some people run a hundred. It's fine. It's fine. We don't judge. Um, but it felt like that was not that that doesn't involve significant commitment and lots and lots of questions and, you know, self doubt and things, but you know, it's extension of a, a known path. Yeah. And it feels like where we've gotten to with this last segment is sort of where we got to with that episode back in season three of there's places of discomfort where mm-hmm. we don't know. Right. But not only we don't know if we can do it, we don't even know what it is we're trying to do. Right. Yeah. And how much harder it is, as hard as it is to push into places of, you know, I'm not sure if I can push myself to the next level. Right. I don't know if I can actually get to a half marathon. That was on you and that stupid jam board that you put up at the beginning <laughs> of the year for our goal setting. And I'm still staring at the one that says run a half marathon by the end of 2021. And it's November 11th. And I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I know how to make it. Yeah. But I don't know how to do some of these things that we were just talking about, especially Mm -hmm. spiritually. Like I don't know how to go to places that I've never been in my relationship with God. And that's, that's a whole different, it almost feels like that gets so far past fear of failure into, you know, fear of the unknown. Mm, Yeah. But the more that I've been willing now over these last few years to enter into places of not just challenge, but discomfort, the more that I'm discovering that it's too much to say I like it. Let's just be honest. I I still don't like 
discomfort, but there's something that I like about those places of discomfort in what it's showing me about myself that I don't think I ever realized was there. Yeah. And so I hope that that's, that's something that each of us can take away from this. Honestly, I want to listen to this one again once we you know publish it. Um, and I want to go back and, and catch that season three episode again as well on choosing discomfort and just be reminded again, because I feel like it, it's honestly, it's counterintuitive for me. And I know for a lot of people that I know to choose to do things we're not good at and to choose to do things that we don't know how to do. And not just because time is a scarce commodity for all of us. And so why would I focus on something that I'm not good at when I could be focusing on something I am good at, which is probably going to be profitable as well. But I don't know the, the joy that I'm finding in cultivating places of, of growth like this, it's, it's profitable for sure. And in a way that, you know, Mike, like you were talking about, it's, it's something that I'm quickly able to pass on and not necessarily in the, in the way of expertise, but as sort of an invitation to, I'm discovering I'm capable of more than I thought. And when you're around people like that, you discover that about yourself. And then when people are around you, they discover that about themselves. And that sort of transformative growth, I don't know, you, you can't measure that with an hourly wage. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I, I hope that it's pushing you like it's pushing us. Um, as always, connect with us via social media and let us know what feels like the invitation for you where it feels like you're pushing into places where you don't know what to do and you don't know how to do it and you don't even know where to go. Uh, but something good is coming from it. And so on behalf of Mike and Tom in Abstentia, thank you guys for being part of the Strong Towers community and we'll see you next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strong towers for your chance to score some strong tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you back here real soon.